Talk Money is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. <coughs> For updates, further breakdowns, and past episodes of this podcast, sign up at thetalkmoney.com. In today's episode of the podcast, we're showing our support for America's Food Fund, Feeding Neighbors in Need. Launched by Leonardo DiCaprio and Lauren Powell Jobs, America's Food Fund is helping to ensure all people affected by COVID-19 have reliable access to food. If you can, show your support at gofundme.com forward slash America's Food Fund. The link is in our episode notes. And now on with the show. Hi, everyone. Mesh here from Talk Money. Welcome back to The Price of a Pandemic, our series where we discuss how the coronavirus is affecting the economy, business, markets, and investing. As you may have guessed, not all businesses are suffering in the wake of COVID-19. In the case of gaming, streaming, and esports, that industry is thriving now more than ever. Video games. They're there when you need them most. And a lot has changed since the days of two-player gameplay on Sega Genesis or a group taking turns on an N64 playing GoldenEye, or Halo on an Xbox. Oh my God, I sound old. Now we can play alongside millions of people and immerse ourselves in interactive worlds. And in times like these, when we're all alone with our housemates and our thoughts, video games let us vanish into a digital crowd and find the community we're missing. During quarantine, gaming has been big. And to give you context, viewership Yes, people watching people play video games is hitting record highs on platforms like Twitch, where you can watch your favorite streamers make an art out of playing Fortnite, Call of Duty, League of Legends, and more. The numbers are insane. Riot Games, a leader in the video game industry, released a new multiplayer game in early April called Valorant. It hit 1.7 million views on Twitch in a single day. To learn more about the massive popularity of gaming and streaming, I talked to investor and industry expert Blake Robbins. Let's get started. My name is Blake Robbins, and I'm a partner at Love Ventures here in Detroit. We are an early stage venture firm that focuses on all types of technology companies. I personally have a huge interest in the future of media and gaming and spend a lot of time in that world out of personal interest. And we've made quite a few investments in that space as well. Okay. So tell me about gaming. What was it about gaming that got you interested? Yeah. Gaming for me has sort of always been an outlet that I've leaned on when I have long days, even when I was in high school or middle school or whatever it might've been, it was just always a place where I would go and play games and hang with my friends or even meet new friends. I remember in high school, I used to hang with like these four kids that I had no idea if they were actually real people, but I became good friends with them and played Call of Duty with them almost every day. And that has just always stuck with me. And so as I started to get older and spend more time as an investor, it became more clear to me that gaming was only growing and people were starting to take it more seriously. I think when I was a kid, gaming was more associated with nerdiness or nerds or something like that. And I think now it's become more pop culture and become maybe even cool to some people. And when you say hanging out on uh, with your friends, you mean like it was Xbox Live you guys would meet on there? Yeah, for sure. I, like I would hop on Halo or Call of Duty and we would talk and play normal public matches or maybe more competitive matches, whatever it might have been. But we we were always just talking for like four hours straight. I remember my parents would be like, who are you talking to on the internet? And for me, like it just felt normal. How would you explain the gaming industry now and, you know, how it relates to esports and streaming? So gaming 
has evolved, uh, I guess Xbox Live is probably the real sort of inflection point. Let's say gaming, when you were playing on a PlayStation 1, was probably playing like single player, whatever the game might be, like Crash Bandicoot or whatever it is. Those single player games were a really popular genre. There was still Doom and Quake and things like that, but they weren't nearly as popular as Mario or anything like that. And so what's happened was when Xbox Live came out, we started to see a real boom in multiplayer games, which has opened up a whole new world of gaming, which enables you to play with basically not just your friends locally, but you can actually play with people across the world. So that's when there was a real sort of uptick in gaming, and that's Halo and Call of Duty and StarCraft and Counter-Strike were sort of that 1.0. You fast forward to today where streaming is really popular. You think about when you might have used to watch your friends play video games and you thought they were good, you now have a real representation of how good they actually are. I, as an example, used to think I was really good at Call of Duty. And then when I went online and played, it became very clear I was not as good as I thought. Well, just to dive into esports specifically, can you describe to us the emergence of esports and when it started being taken seriously as an industry? Yeah, for sure. When games like League of Legends came out, I think that's probably about 10 years ago, they had a real opportunity to like foster the esports ecosystem and actually invested in it as a game developer and said, hey, we're actually going to build a real league and we're going to try and, I guess, build an NFL around this. And so League of Legends is played professionally in a bunch of different regions from European League and North American League, Turkey League. I mean, there's so many different leagues. Coming into this game, we anticipated... So there's a league with teams, and the teams have owners, and they're paid salaries, and there's prize monies if they win. Can you give an analogy to, like, physical sports and how esports is potentially in the same realm? Yeah, I would say... Each game is different. I would say League of Legends, just for the context of this conversation, is probably pretty close to like an NBA or something like that, where there is real owners, very famous. Actually, a lot of them are NBA owners and investors that invested in these teams as well. And then you have players that are getting paid very well. Some of them are getting millions. And then there is prize earnings, but a lot of them actually have sponsorship deals. They're able to stream on Twitch and make YouTube videos and monetize through that as well. But yeah, it's very real. These players are actual celebrities. And if you're not familiar with these players, then your kids probably are because they watch them on Twitch or YouTube. Like you have Ninja, who's one of the biggest streamers in the world. He was signed to a team and being paid a salary for that team. He's since left that team and now is an individual streamer and basically playing under his own banner. Twitch superstar and YouTuber and personal friend. He knows I'm a fan, it's Ninja. My son is gonna love it. So Blake, given everything that's happening with the pandemic, people are staying indoors. But in terms of the gaming industry, Verizon posted that video game usage has gone up 75% since folks have been at home. What do you make of what's going on right now and what's happening for the industry? Is it something where more and more people are going to be turning to video games given social isolation? 
Yeah, I think where we're at today is not just video games going up. I think we're seeing just consumption of media more broadly going up. I'm sure other games are hitting record numbers as well. People are lonely and there's no denying that, especially when you're inside your home for the unforeseen future. You're looking for ways to connect with others. We're actually seeing a lot of celebrities or athletes go on to Twitch because they're like, okay, well, I still want to engage with my audience or my fans. In tough times, people typically rally around sports. And when sports are completely cut off, they turn to something else. And we've seen with NASCAR and Formula One, what they've been doing with their tournaments and races is really interesting. Can you tell us about that in more detail? What, How exactly have industries like them pivoted to get to their audience in a digital way? Yeah, so I, I believe NASCAR is, I forget what game they're actually playing, but they're having their race car drivers actually play the games at home and broadcasting that. Formula One did something very similar as well of like, let's actually just play the racing games and we'll broadcast that on Twitch or YouTube. All of the drivers competing in this one, of course, uh, you know, with, with the lack of real life racing, I, I know they've certainly been itching to get real world racing, but uh, everybody over here at iRacing, Johnny's been- I remember reading yesterday just on Reddit, there was one commenter and it was just like, we're going to remember this for the rest of our lives that this sport stepped up and tried to deliver us entertainment in a time that we desperately needed that. And I think that is very true. I think as a country or just as a world right now, we need something to rally behind and just give us something to at least try and escape for a little bit from the horrible reality we're living in. Do you have any updated 2020 predictions on what you see happening with esports? I actually think... Streaming as a category is going to have a defining moment for the next couple of months. And I think we're going to see streamers emerge that aren't just playing video games. I think we're going to see streamers that are cooking or doing fitness or whatever it might be. We're going to see new types of creators emerge in those spaces. I think for esports specifically, esports for the longest time has tried to mimic traditional sports leagues, whereas traditional sports leagues wish that they had the agility and flexibility that esports leagues and esports games have. And I think it's really a time for esports organizations and leagues to lean into the digitally native audience that they have and try and embrace that. Well, let's talk about the actual gamers themselves. In the past, to your point early on, like they've been called nerds or like, oh, they're just staying at home. They're playing video games. My kid is lazy, X, Y, Z. And now we're seeing this billion dollar industry with millions of people watching these folks and they're doing it professionally. I would love for you just to share how much work, dedication and discipline goes into this. For sure. I'll speak about it in the context of League of Legends. These pro players for League of Legends are scrimmaging during the week, Tuesday through Friday, from 9 a.m. till 7 or 8 p.m. So that's usually the practice. And then after that's over, they're going and practicing solo or duo with another person on the team for another couple hours. And they continue to repeat that. And then on Saturday and Sundays, they're playing actual matches. And then Mondays, there's day off. And that's a life of a pro gamer. And that's one element. The other is a streamer where you look at Ninja or Courage. They're playing for on average, probably eight to 12 hours a day. Most of them are doing that for almost seven days a week. And they're taking basically no breaks because when they turn off the stream, they lose all their viewers. So they're going for eight to 10 hours straight. Some of them go even longer and it's exhausting. I challenge people who 
say that streaming would be easy and that'd be a great job for them. I challenge you to try and talk into your microphone or your web camera for 10 hours straight with literally no response. And they're still trying to play a game on top of that at the highest level. They're real entertainers. And I think they're finally getting at least the respect they deserve from their fans. And I think the respect from the broader community will come over time. And I think that actually stems from just the wealth that they're creating. I mean, you have Ninja, who's probably making multi-million dollars a year off of streaming and his YouTube channel. And I think that is just like a stamp of approval in and of itself. And for those looking to even dip their toes in this, they have no idea what we're talking about, but they're very, very curious. (laughs) Who do you think that they should be watching? Well, the big streamers, like I love watching Dr. Disrespect, and then there's Summit 1G, Ninja, Courage and maybe a couple others that float in there. But if you just go to Twitch and click browse and click on any of the games there, you'll quickly find uh, the biggest streamers streaming at any given time. I would say on YouTube, there's a great documentary called Breaking Point, which covers just a team sort of falling apart in the middle of North American League of Legends professional scene. And so to someone who wants to potentially have a career in this is it only for the outliers for the ninjas of the world to make a living or could you do it yeah i think there's a lot of different ways to get involved in the industry more broadly but if you're trying to go as a streamer or content creator i think it's really really hard and just like anything at the highest level it's going to be hyper competitive and it's going to be a grind and this is sort of the blessing and curse of gaming there's essentially an illusion that if i played as much as Ninja, and maybe I would be at the same level as them. That's obviously a fallacy, but it's also the real hook of why games are so addicting, I guess, and why people are always come back to it. I myself am not the best gamer. A few years ago, I checked out YouTube to find streams of games I wanted to play. Instead, I ended up watching someone else play them better than I ever could. They're entertaining. I got the same fix I would have gotten from playing them myself. Mastering an absorbing game is deeply gratifying. But if you can't spend 12 hours a day practicing, watching streamers is the next best thing. So I started taking Blake's advice and going down those Twitch rabbit holes. And this means creators all over the world of all different ages, races, gender, you name it can hone their talents and have the potential to make a living from gaming. Whether it's streaming for an audience or actual competitive gameplay in esports, your parents were wrong. You can play video games for a living. I want to thank my guest, Blake Robbins, for teaching me so much on this subject. If you want to hear more of his thoughts on the future of gaming and content, check out his newsletter, blake.substack.com. Link in the show notes. This episode was edited and produced by Olivia Briley and engineered by Maya Terrell. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Sign up at thetalkmoney.com for further deep dives and to hear other episodes. We appreciate you sharing this with your friends and, of course, subscribing to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. Until next time. <laughs>